Welcome to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're back, man. Yes, sir. A new milestone: two hundred and thirty episodes. Dang, we've reached a new milestone, man. It's a beautiful thing. That's man. a lot of episodes. It's a lot of talking. That's a lot of hours of talking, man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Let's get right into it. Um, it's something I wanted to mention at the top of the podcast in regards to just a few things. So something funny to start it off. Um, obviously, for the, you guys that uh, know of my father's situation, he has stage four cancer, um, and it's, it's it's gotten really intense. He could be go any day now, any week now. It's, it's getting there, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in the midst of that, you can still find the funny in certain situations. So today, I'm cleaning some stuff up over at my dad's house, moving some things around. And as I'm doing that, and I'm, you know, being reminded of his frail body and stuff, and he's losing a lot of weight, I look over at this blank disc, and it said Sugar Walls on it. Oh, my God. And I was like, Dad, what is this? Is this a porno? He's like, uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, fuck. <laughs> sugar, sugar that walls. shit said sugar walls. S U G A walls. <laughs> Nigga, I was dying. I was laughing. <laughs> you gotta like, yo, you gotta take a moment to get away from the despair and find the funny. <laughs> it's the most random thing. Like, I got my father who's dying. And I see a fucking bootleg porno right on this table. Sugar walls. And that must have been that must have been volume one, because it just said sugar walls. So many questions, man. So many questions. I almost took the DVD <laughs> Let me investigate these sugar walls. <laughs> like, where do you get that name from? It's gotta be black porn. Gotta be black porn. Black porn don't waste no times when they start fucking. <laughs> Usually with white porn, it's kind of like or it's like a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, um, I'm here to deliver a pizza. And then they just like, oh, I didn't order this pizza. And it's like a little bit of a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Black people, as soon as you turn the porno on, they're like, as soon as you turn that motherfucker on, people are already smashing. <laughs> That's hilarious. I got to check that volume out. I might Google that. Like, yeah, I'm looking up it. I'm looking it up right now. I'm trying walls. to see what's going on. I only see like something that in the Urban Dictionary. Oh, uh, you can read the diction- read the read the description so people can sugar laugh. walls. Uh, pussy so good it's sweet like pure sugar. <laughs> Let me use it in a sentence. My uh, my girl came home last night last night and gave me some of them sugar walls. Oh, I my. bet that girl over there has some good sugar walls. <laughs> Ain't nothing like a good smoke after some sugar walls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, that man. Funny. Yo, shout out to Sugar Walls, yo. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to bring up is like, make sure you guys, anybody that creates content out there, stay true to the content, please. Um, yeah. I won't say any names, but some of our, me and Keith, some of our favorite podcasts that we listen to on a regular basis, we see that they just start to become very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, they become very, you know, um, missing a week, two weeks, just and it's happening more frequently. And the thing about it is, is I think that some people amass so much success that they kind of outgrow the podcast or they outgrow the platform that they're on. And it's not a good thing because people rely on your content sometimes. 
sometimes one of the bright points of their week, and I'm not saying that me and Keith are the most brightest point of your week. I don't want to make us that important. But there are people literally that were kind of bummed out when Keith got COVID and ruined the podcast for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, man, you guys ain't recording. I was kind of looking forward to hearing you guys this mm-hmm. week. And I felt so horrible, but I was like, I knew we were going to, like, as soon as Keith got over his COVID, we were going to get back in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that it goes deeper than that, too. Um, Keith, you could mention the open mic situation you mm-hmm. were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, uh, last Tuesday or a couple Tuesdays ago, I was up um, at the open mic at the comedy club out here. And um, before going, I was like, ah, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't actually been in a long time. And uh, my boy DJ hit me up. He's like, hey, man, we're going to the uh, we're going to the open mic tomorrow. Like, pull up. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I, you know, I ain't been there in a minute. And I, I when I sifted through my phone, I was like, I haven't even actually been writing. So I, I don't really have anything to say. So I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, if I if I can't come up with nothing, I might just go to support or something like that. Right. But eventually, like, you know, I had a couple conversations um, and then some of the ideas started to roll and, you know, I just jotted some stuff down. And and now I'm to the point to where, like, I understand, like, the science of writing a joke. So, you know, sometimes, it, you know, like, if nothing creatively comes, I can kind of, like, reverse engineer, you know, some funny material or whatever. And then, you know, the ideas start to, like, avalanche. But um, I kind of got on the road and I was like, okay, I got, I got like a good five minutes of material. So let me just go up there with my notes and, 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 and see what it looked like. Um, so we get there and then I, you know, I kind of rehearse my lines a little bit and then I go up there and, uh, my set was, my set was decent. You know, I was kind of knocking off some of the rust and stuff like that. But, um, after the show was over, excuse me, um, we left a little bit early cause sometimes it'd be like, shh. 15, 20 comics that go up in five minutes a piece and you know it's a weeknight and it just it just it get it could get real late. So um we uh me and my boy Brent we left and one of the um the girls that I don't know she came out to smoke a cigarette or whatever. It was like two girls that came outside and um the girl came up to us and she gave us like a high five and stuff. She was like, you know, like you guys are really good, you guys were hilarious and stuff like that. And we just like, you know, asked her like if she comes here often and all and all this kind of stuff. And she was like she was basically saying, like, this is my first time here, but you know, I called my friend up and I told her that, you know, um, I just wanted to get out of the house because, you know, my grandpa passed away and I we had his funeral earlier in the day. And um so basically we just had a conversation about, you know, how, you know, seeing comedy and listening to good comedy, like it kind of it kind of made her day. And it made me realize, like, you know, a lot of us um, content creators are here for a greater purpose. Right. You know what I mean? And just to be able to um, bring some joy to somebody's life in a moment like that, it just kind of it makes you want to makes you aware of your own um importance in in this world and it and it makes you um present to every moment right because just just in our lives sometimes we we could think like whether you're a, a musician or a podcaster or a music video director or 
um, a comedian, whatever, sometimes you could kind of like think that nobody is actually paying attention to what you what you got going on. Right. Like, you know, I could have went up there and thought like, oh, it's cool. I got a, I got a couple laughs, but, you know, I, I, it wasn't enough for me to come back next week or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then you hear those type of conversations like, oh, dang, that was hilarious. Like it made my day. I was I was going through a lot today and I just needed to get out of the house. And it just makes you um, makes you more aware of like when you got a gift, you got to really you got to really show up. And sometimes you got to put your own reservations aside, like whether you're tired or whether you think you're not ready or whether you think you don't got enough material or whatever the case may be. And just um, show up as best you can in these moments because you just don't know who you're impacting out there. Yeah. I, I mentioned a parallel scenario earlier with my dad. I'm obviously watching my dad fade away. And in the midst of watching him fade away, I find a fucking bootleg porno and it makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. It's no different than going to a funeral of someone you love that died and you're you're almost trying to take a break from that despair and you have a healthy distraction. And that's my objective as a content creator, to be a healthy distraction from shit. You might have had a breakup. You might have had a, a family member die. Your mom might have died, your sister, your brother, whoever. When you listen to this podcast, this will at least entertain your mind enough to get you away from it. Mm-hmm. And then we got 229 other episodes you could tune into where we go through a, just a bunch of different topics from the bottom to the top, from anything, sex, taxes, um, uh, porn, um, sugar walls, just mm-hmm. a bunch of shit. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's, I'm very proud to be a healthy distraction to people. But I'm going to need you guys to tell more people. So they could tune in and we could run the numbers up even more. And then me and Keith can get rich. And then <laughs> we'll have more stories to tell you about how rich we are. <laughs> and, and then you'll see the growth in that. We'll mm. bring you on our rich journey. Yeah. And then we will conveniently conveniently shut you out of our lives so we could go back to our big houses. <laughs> there was a thing um, we were, I don't we didn't really finish the conversation before. I think we just was jumping around, but we okay. we were talking about uh, basically we had an opportunity to to meet up. We had a consultation with yeah with somebody, and we we booked it, and it it cost a few hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and we booked it, and the change they changed the date on us like two times, and even beforehand, you know, we kind of had the conversation about like, yo, if this is if this is gonna be a thing, if they acting real re- weird in terms of like the dates and moving it around, let's just get our money back and right. move on with our life. Um, and that's what ended up happening. Yeah, but it's uh, this is a tangent from the conversation we're having, but it's something uh, very important. And what I realized um, over the past month or so is like. Um, you need integrity in terms of like the business dealings that, that you have, especially yeah. when there's money involved, right? And that's something that I've began to have like a short leash on, right? When when you say, hey, especially when, you know, you putting a down payment on something, like I had to not only get my money back from that situation, I had to get my money back from this um, this attorney who was supposed to write some terms and agreements for me for my app, and she just kept coming up with excuses. And, you know, I understand life gets in the way, right? Like, you know, we have uh, situations where, you know, your parents are going through something. And, and I know her, her situation in particular, it was like, you know, her parents are from a different country. So she's dealing with immigration stuff and, and all these different things. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty understanding person. Yeah. But when this when this starts to become habitual and then when you also say like, Hey, I'm going to do this by this date and I'll get it to you. And then that day it happens and you don't, 
and then you like, okay, let me, uh, actually I, something came up on that day. Let me get it to you in a week. And that week comes and you don't, and you just don't. And then there's just no communication. It's like, no, you playing, you playing with my money. And I'm, there's no hard feelings because I understand you get busy, but at the same time, like all I would, uh, ask for is like integrity one to say, do what you say you were going to do. And then, um, just to respect my time and my money, even if it's, a couple hundred dollars. I think that people work off a value system too. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's just that they're playing with your money. I think that what happens is is you're low on the totem pole when it comes to what's important. I've got a person spending three thousand. I've got a person spending eight hundred. I got a. I need to take care of them first before. And then what happens is you get enough of those clients that they put on this top level tier, and then they got you. They're gonna keep pushing you down and keep giving you bullshit excuses because one, they should have never accepted the work. If they're not going to do it, the work that you do for two thousand dollars, it should be just as good if you do it for two hundred. Mm-hmm. It's it's an integrity thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem with people too, man. They don't have integrity, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to drag this on. Let's get right into it. All right, switching gears. CEO post tears after layoffs. Now I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but a CEO. Uh, let me go ahead and pull the pull this up right now. Fucking eyes watering this shit. All right. CEO who posted crying selfie while announcing layoffs responds to backlash. A CEO who posted a selfie of him crying on LinkedIn while announcing staff layoffs has responded by uh, responded after receiving criticism for being out of touch. Braden Walkie, the CEO of Hypersocial, said on Wednesday that he wasn't trying to make it about himself. My in, my intent was uh, was not to make it about me or victimize myself. He wrote on LinkedIn, I am sorry it came across that way. The apology on the professional networking site came a day after he revealed how laying off a few employees took an emotional toll on him. Um, uh, days like this, I wish I was a business owner that only money driven that that was only money driven and didn't care about who he hurt along the way. He wrote Tuesday, but I'm not. So I just want people to see that not every CEO out there is cold hearted and doesn't care when he, she uh, have to lay people off. All right. Um, Here's the deal, buddy. Okay. Um, You posted a picture of you crying, right? I just think that this whole crying on the internet shit is just like you were good enough to put a camera in your face. Like you literally, this is like premeditated. You know what I'll do? to get credit from my company and to look like I have empathy, let me take a picture of myself with tears in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not even real tears. Maybe I just put some eye drops in there to make myself look like I'm crying, even though I'm a complete fucking loser and a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And bunch a bunch of people lost their jobs, and I'm basically, all I got to do is cry and look like I care to mm-hmm. make my company more reputable. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing. I don't like motherfuckers like this. I don't like a person that every five fucking minutes they got to take a picture of them handing a homeless person a sandwich. You didn't have to open your phone to give the homeless person a sandwich. You could have just did it, motherfucker. (laughs) And this is the like society is always trying to sculpt and paint pictures of themselves. They try to paint this whole this narrative surrounding themselves. Have you noticed that? Mm -hmm. Like, folks, listen to this. Do you know someone that's a complete piece of shit? 
But the image they put on social media is like, I'm a Christian, I'm a mom, I'm I'm a giver, and I'm so... And it's like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. You're a piece of shit, and you're doing everything you can to sculpt this image of yourself on the internet. Sit down, you fucking loser. I, I absolutely hate people like this. What I, I love to do things in the dark because they're for me. Me giving to someone or having a real emotion is between me and God. If I had to lay off people, there, here's a better one. Here's a better one, Keith. Instead of putting a picture of yourself crying, how about you reach out to the motherfuckers you laid off and apologize to them? Mm-hmm. How about you do that? How about you post a vi- If you're going to do anything, post a video and say, I failed my employees. Mm-hmm. I failed my employees, and it sucks that they got to go without a job because of the decision I made, and I want to make an apology to everybody. I know it's not going to bring your job back, but I just want to let you know that I'm sorry for failing you. Mm-hmm. That comes off more genuine to me. But you're going to post a tear in your eye, <laughs> one fucking solitary tear, <laughs> and be like, not every CEO is a heart is is heartless. Yeah. Man, if you don't get your bitch ass the fuck out, like get out of here, man. I think uh I think his feelings were real. I just think the presentation was was off. Like he he um I could understand the idea of him being like sad and that he has to lay off um, a bunch of people and I'm I'm sure he probably has um and and I don't know uh did it say what company it was? Uh, it just says, uh, Braden Walkie, CEO of Hypersocial, uh, posted a selfie of him crying while announcing some layoffs of his company. He was that like an app, maybe some sort of tech company or something like po- that? Possibly Hypersocial. Yeah. But, but basically, I'm sure some of those people that he laid off were actually, um, you know, executives and administrative level, um, people that, that work for his company. So, you know, it, it, it we can't directly go to this idea that it was just a bunch of, you know, minimum wage workers that he was mm. laying off. But I say that to say, like, um, the I think the feelings that he had were, were probably authentic. It's just the presentation. And you don't you really don't get no grace on the Internet. <laughs> like they was flaming him as soon as he posted that no grace saying, me. saying it's uh, yeah, saying it's, it's tone deaf, saying it's. It's it's kind of orchestrated or, yeah. you know, he's just trying to he's trying to make himself look like, you know, look a certain way and all this stuff. But, you know, there's a there's a version of that which just kind of comes off a little bit better. Um, I think even outside of the remove the picture, just the statement alone, like, hey, it saddens me that, you know, as hyper uh, hyper social CEO that we have to, uh, you know, get rid of X amount of employees right. and we're doing everything in our power to get our numbers up so that we can bring these people back in the next quarter or whatever. So right. Just some, something along those lines, like a, you know, a smooth statement, but posting yourself crying is just weird. And it just like, and just knowing how social media works, knowing how the internet works, you, we just, you just gotta be more aware of your presentation. Like we, me and Eddie are podcasters that get, you know, a few hundred listens a week on average on our podcast and we're always mindful of what our conversations look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? What the presentation looks like. Um, you know, is there a certain level of authenticity in the things that we're presenting and saying? Right. And for somebody that's a CEO of a company, and I don't know what hypersocial is, but if it is a social media type thing or like a tech company, you're supposed to be more aware of two guys that just, you know, do a podcast 
every every weekend. So. Yep. You yeah. would think that a motherfucker would have more like um like I guess like etiquette or like mm-hmm. social decorum or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they don't. Mm-hmm. And you own a company and this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Look, here's the thing. This is the reason why I have a problem with it and the reason why I feel it may not be genuine. And I'll push back on it a little bit. Whenever you see a, a picture of a girl on the internet and you like, dang, she got a nice booty, mm-hmm. right? And you and you looking at this picture, you're like, dang, she got some nice breasts. They did not take one picture. They took seventy, mm-hmm. and they picked the best picture out of the seventy. Mm-hmm. If you have you ever seen a girl's camera roll before? Yeah, it's insane. It's a lot of the same pictures. Yeah, yeah, because it's a production, Keith. Mm-hmm. Pete, this is a, no different with this motherfucker. He had a picture of him crying. Okay, I don't like that one. Oh wait, 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 wait. I don't like that one. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. I, I don't like that one. Yeah, a, over, a overly produced, and then he's got a massive vein coming out of the middle of his head. Mm-hmm. It's like either he's holding in his breath, or he just wants you to see the anguish. Mm-hmm. Like he wants you to see that it's real emotion. Mm-hmm. And I have a problem with that because that's not how real emotion works. Yeah, to take a picture of yourself crying. Yeah, that's, that's post it. I, I get. I mean, taking a picture by yourself is just one thing, but when you yeah. post it, that's what makes it like strange. It makes it strange. And I was having a conversation with uh, you know a worker at Colonel Oil. Shout out to my man Jordan, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking. I said, "Yo, there's a lack of authentic moments now. Mm-hmm. We don't get to have any authentic moments hardly. Mm-hmm. Back in the '90s, '80s, when your grandparents or your uncles or aunts put out that fucking camp that that Kodak camera, and they went and it spit out. They didn't ask you always to, hey, you ready for a picture? Mm-hmm. I look at old." pictures from the um family reunions we used to have and it was always people talking or people eating just candid moments just candid moments and mm-hmm. it, and those moments were beautiful because we never got those fucking moments back because everybody has to be a producer of content mm-hmm. on the internet mm-hmm. yo i seen something today that made me cringe i ain't gonna say who it was but she's very very attractive by the way but um, she was walking through the crosswalk and it was like a little song playing and she's like got her hands all in the air and I'm like oh my god what's mm-hmm. up with everybody mm-hmm. everybody is acting like a fucking TikTok sensation now mm-hmm. everything is a production huh? everything is a production yeah. motherfuckers cannot have any genuine moments mm-hmm. and it's like if you were crying dude okay I get it you can cry that's okay to have empathy that you've laid people off but it's just hard for me to believe you made it this far into your business and you you were like that shocked by laying people off. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's something else to this, Keith. I don't know what it is. <laughs> there's there's something else yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, for me, I, I guess I just try to take people for what they say and, you know, until they prove me otherwise. But I just think, like, in terms of uh, – I think part of being a boss and, and what he is or a CEO of that level, like, yo, communication um, is is uber important. And um, I think if I were to have had that conversation and I'd be like, damn, he genuinely, like, you know, say say that uh, he, he goes in there, he's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, the company is coming up short. We got to scale back a little bit. We haven't read, we haven't reached our goals for the past six months and we got to, you know, cut some people back or cut some people off or whatever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry, if, you know, if in six months uh, numbers are great, you know, you'll be the first person I'll call. 
Right. <clears throat> you you let them go, right? If that happens and then I see this nigga on the internet crying, I'm gonna be like, Hold on. Like, this is the same person that was like having a man to man conversation with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he on the internet acting like a weirdo. Yeah. <sighs> Look, Keith, I'm not gonna be shocked within the next few months if if some girl comes forward and says, hey, he tried to sleep with me or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. And here's why. What if this is some form of like damage control? Mm-hmm. Maybe you know someone's after your company mm-hmm. and you are overcompensating for what the fuck is going to come. Because mm-hmm. some people try it. Some people try it. They'd be like, his cock was out. <laughs> you know, the mm-hmm. same guy that was crying, he, you know, he's trying to, you know, get some good, uh, some good public uh, respect. But that's not how it works. Because people are killing them in the public. Yeah. They're like, dude, get the fuck out of here. You ain't even get up here and cry and act like you really, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I think that something's genuine. I think something is genuine when it's, like, real personal. Mm-hmm. Like, I listen to Mike Tomlin, the head coach for the Steelers, talk about, you know, coaching and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. He just seems like a genuine leader. And the way that all those grown men look at him when he talks – uh-huh. Shows how much they respect him because of his personal relationships that he has with people. Mm-hmm. He could tell you about yourself. Hey, you ain't getting to the ball. You ain't playing very good. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. look you in your soul and really tell you that. Yeah. This dude got to go on social media with tears and a huge fucking vein. That's like a fucking heroin vein. This guy shooting dope in his head? <laughs> fuck. That's a wild way to get high. God damn. He's like, oh, fuck. You're not <laughs> flicking the needle. <laughs> gotta get that air bubble out. Oh man, <laughs> nigga got a head like Beavis, man. <laughs> yeah, man. If you own a bit, for anybody that's a business owner out there, if you own a business and some shit goes wrong, don't get your dumb ass on the internet trying to save face. Just lay the people off and move the fuck on. Because I'm sure they don't want even, like, they're already laid off. They don't want to see anything else but their Just fucking the job. Yeah. He also looked like he on the toilet. You said like, what? I said he also looked like he on the toilet. Like, oh. he just took a nasty number, too, and he just like. Mm. Not enough fiber in your diet, buddy. Yeah, you got to get the fiber in your gotta diet. Got to get that fiber in there. Man, speaking of fiber, I took some, um, some chewable fiber supplements. Mm-hmm. It's these two tabs. They kind of taste like Starburst. Mm-hmm. No bullshit. They kind of taste like Starburst, but they got like, like concentrated fiber, I guess you would call it. And it's like, it tastes good at first, but then you taste all the vegetables and shit in it. Mm-hmm. But yo, that shit will have your bowels like, <sighs> like moving. Man, mm-hmm. I had a double up this morning, mm-hmm. sat down, did my business. Sat right back down. <laughs> did, your, did some more business. Huh? Man, I be hating that, though. You mm-hmm. think you done with the shit, and then your stomach be like, wait, there's more. <laughs> What's that dude used to do, uh, um, OxyClean? Yeah. But wait, here's more. <laughs> That's what my bowels did this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you, was laying, you was laying them off, all right. I was on there taking this shit like, OxyClean. <laughs> <laughs> the number one cleaner in the world. <laughs> Yo, you know what I used to laugh at? And I think about it now, like, ain't no way this shit real. They would have a bunch of dirty water and dirty rags, and mm-hmm. they pour OxyClean and all the shit turned white. Mm-hmm. Remember that shit? Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, that was toilet That's water. That's not how OxyClean works. That's not how OxyClean works. Yeah. Yo, you know what I hate? And I got to admit this, and I'm not going to lie. I have decent, I have good hygiene. You know, mm-hmm. I use deodorant, blah, 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 whatever. 
But for some reason, there are some shirts that don't quite get all the must out. Mm-hmm. Like certain d- d- detergents, like you'll take the shirt and you'll wash all your clothes yeah. and you'll pull the shirt up to your face. You'll be like, why does it still smell like a little bit so. of must? You know what? What I uh, recently discovered is like um, a lot of our clothes are like soiled. What do you mean? Like part of part of like what goes on with detergent is like it's soapiness that, that yeah. cleans your shirt um, somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just sw- sloshing around in, yeah. in a washing machine and it's not like diligently cleaning your clothes. True. Um, so sometimes it'd be like a little bit dirty, but it's sometimes it's, it's a fragrance mixed with like a color pigmentation that sometimes offsets, you know, mm. the color, right? Then you dry it and you put a, 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 a dry um, your dry sheet in there and it just kind of adds more fragrance to it. Sometimes you just putting fragrance on top of the phone. But mm. what I realized, like, because I be, I'm like very like, oh, it's almost therapeutic to me to, to like uh, get my white t-shirts and my white clothes white. So I'll, you know, do a whole OxyClean uh, treatment and stuff like that. Wow. Um, but you could wash it, like, say, a white shirt like this. You could wash it normally however you wash it, whether it's with bleach or, mm-hmm. you know, just with any type of detergent or whatever. But if you actually um, washed it and then soaked it in, like, OxyClean or something like that, you'll realize that the water is going to be dingy brown, Ooh. like, six, seven hours later. And that's because your clothes is not really getting that clean. Oh, you know? yeah. So something about the OxyClean or even, like, uh, baking soda sometimes. Baking soda? I got baking soda. <laughs> Um, yeah, like it, it'll get like that, that soiliness out of your, yeah, out of your clothes and that must from your armpits and stuff like that, that kind of sits in your clothes. So, yeah. Oh man. I don't know how we got here. Yeah. Wash your clothes, man. Shout out to OxyClean. Yeah. OxyClean. Do you have dingy underwear? (laughs) Put in some OxyClean. I put OxyClean in all my white clothes. I realized one day that bleach don't really... Don't really do nothing. Bleach just be st- it bleach. It weakens the t-shirt. Strong, yeah, just strong and tear up your fabrics and stuff. Eats your shit up. Yeah. You know what's funny is that some people could wash their shirts a million times, white shirts, but the underarms be like yellow. Mm-hmm. Like the underarms. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. That that happens to me a lot. That's why I use mostly OxyClean. What I hate though is is now, especially for some reason, I got I don't know if it's because I got older, but my armpits be sweating stupid now. Yeah. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Like fuck, they didn't used to sweat like this. <laughs> my armpits be like, I'm, somebody's pouring fucking water in my armpits, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, that's that's why my shirt, like, I gotta take care of my white shirts and stuff. Cause I had, man, my shit, I had some wop, bro. <laughs> some wet, wet ass pits. <laughs> wet ass pits. My armpits be so fucking sweaty, man. <laughs> That's funny. It's man. embarrassing. Like if yeah. I'm wearing my uniform at work, I t- what I tend to do is like half the day I won't have my top uniform on, mm-hmm. and then I'll put it on a little later because it'd be so hot and I'd be sweating so bad that it sweats through the uniform, and it's wet, bro. Have you ever seen one of those college coaches that be sweating through their suit? Oh my god! You'd be like, "Yo, this nigga's on crack." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, dude. Yeah. yeah, they gotta. They have to make like different suits, like really breathable ones. Yeah, some gotta give because, like, like you said, I be sweating just so much. I sweat so much more now than when I, you know, when I was a kid. Like you could, I, I was just thinking the other day. I was like, yo, I used to be playing football. Yeah, I used to be running track. You know, as a kid, like all in this weather and not be phased by it. 
yeah. we used to walk across town, walk home from school and not really even be not really even break a sweat. Right. Um, and then, yeah, just one day uh, we just, you know, woke I, up and started sweating. This dude I used to work with back in Sears uh, when I was in college. Is an older white dude. He probably back then. He's probably in his forties for sure. Is mm-hmm. a, a dude named Richard. I don't want to say his last name, but Richard was just. They would say Richard was a hard worker because mm-hmm. he was always sweating. Yeah, Richard was not a hard worker. He was just fat. <laughs> and he was, he'd be like, Ugh, <laughs> uh, uh, he'd be lifting like four boxes, fucking profusely sweating. Yeah, like. And it, and it smelled. Yeah. It was one of those things like it smelled bad and he had a horrible fucked up diet yeah. where he would drink Dr. Pepper literally every single day. Mm-hmm. Literally mm-hmm. every day. It got so bad he got kidney stones. Oh my God. And he was at work like, Ugh. I know that's painful. Ugh. Oh my God. to wait for these kidney stones to pass. And he just used to it, huh? He probably got him what like multiple times. I don't know. All I know is is he had a smell to him. It was like a he wasn't a dirty person. Like you could tell, he probably wasn't dirty, but he probably had he had such a bad diet that he used to sweat he and it stench. just used to stink. Yeah, and his back was wet yeah. all the time. His back was wet. His chest was wet. His arms, and they were like, "Oh my God, Richard, take a break! You're working so hard." I'm like, "Just cause he's sweating." Yeah, like this nigga just moved four boxes, bro. I be I I was like a uh, probably when I got into high school is when I like really started like sweating, sweating, right? Yeah, uh, probably like junior junior senior year, like was when the the, the sweat was at an all time high. Um, but I can remember I went to this girl's birthday party. And um, it was like in the, I don't, it might have been like closer to the end of the year or um, between like after we graduated high school or something like that. And I can remember like showing up and, and I'm already I wasn't like super cool with anybody there. Like I had my friend, uh, one of my best friends that went with me, which is his, it was his cousin, his girl right. cousin's par- party. And um, he had, you know, he he's a very social person. So he going around mixing, talking to people. But I'm kind of there like just um like like i'm cordial with these people but i'm not like super like buddy buddy so i'm standing outside and just you know just kind of standing on my own a little bit just listening to conversations but what ended up happening was like the party was like an outside party and i was just like i just started to sweat and then I just started to get nervous because I was sweating <laughs> and I'm just sweating and I'm the only nigga out here sweating and I got a gray shirt on. I'm sweating through my shirt. And then eventually the girl's mom came outside and she was like, honey, come inside. Go go to the bathroom. Here's a towel. Just cool off. You know, you can sit here, sit in this AC and stuff like that. And she low key like saved me from a lot of embarrassment because wow. I was sweating so much um, and it was going to keep happening. And yeah. So, yeah. So my. Yeah, and Keith was a part of NWS. (laughs) (laughs) Niggas with sweaty palms. (laughs) Niggas with sweat. (laughs) Niggas with sweaty attitudes. Good, the good thing about being an adult now is like I'm surrounded by other niggas I be sweating to. Oh man. Like my cousin Brian, uh, we'd be going to church and stuff like that, and that nigga show up like he could he could sweat in Antarctica. Like so, I'd be like, cool. Like I know he's sweating before I sweat, and my sweat ain't gonna be as intense as he is. Look here, Keith sweat. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Yo, some people sweat for no reason. Yeah. Like they'll be standing in place. Yeah. Just fucking profusely sweating. Yeah. Richard, Richard, I used to work with, dude, he would sweat like while eating lunch. Mm-hmm. Like he'd be eating a sandwich and just sweat this. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's work for him. <laughs> I'm like, God Gosh, damn. damn. Oh, I got to share this. I got to share this. This happened literally yesterday. I, this is random. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yesterday, I had to stop by Pilot. Mm-hmm. It's off in Kramer Junction off Highway 395. And I stopped over there, and I went inside, and I had to grab a six-inch sandwich because I was hungry. But they have a subway in there. It was this big black dude in front of me. He had to be easily 400 pounds. He's probably like six foot oh seven. Oh, my gosh. Really big black man. Just mm-hmm. huge dude. And um, we have like a little brief conversation and whatnot. And he's ordering ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, let me get four sandwiches exactly the same way. And then and we just chit-chatting. I was like, oh, grabbing some food for the family, huh? He's like, nah, nah, that's all me right here. <laughs> Why you do that? I was like, nigga, what is going wrong in your life? You got to eat four Subway sandwiches. (laughs) Go see a therapist, man. Fuck. Footlongs? Four footlongs, Keith. Nah. Four. That nigga got 48 inches of sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That nigga do this nigga got more more sandwich more sandwich yards than a running back getting the NFL. <laughs> oh, oh man, that nigga got oh my god. He averaged more yards than Adrian Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> that shit, yo, and I didn't laugh. I like held the laugh back, but the laugh switched the judgment. Like nigga, what's wrong with you? Why are you eating four footlongs? <laughs> That nigga got a first down of like oh, nigga, sandwiches. Man. God dang. They didn't have to bring out the change for that. <laughs> <laughs> didn't need no chain game for that one. Uh, you know first to, down. You know how to ref like four sandwiches, first down. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to ref uh when they are measuring the the uh the penalty or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just walk in. Yeah. Like, just imagine that nigga, the, the subway people just measuring his sandwiches by <laughs> walking <Bruh>. it out. <laughs> he said, no, nah, this is me, right? <laughs> yeah, it's probably. I'm like, bro. I'm proud of it, huh? Oh, my God. That's like, funny, man. I was just like, bro. <laughs> this all me. I just couldn't believe Like, what is going wrong in your life to eat four sandwiches? Now, there was this dude I used to work with that would eat two foot longs, mm-hmm. right? And and it was like a daily thing. He would eat two of these, but it was never healthy sandwiches. Mm-hmm. It was like meatball sub and like mm-hmm. chicken bacon ranch. Mm-hmm. Some people will go to Subway thinking it's healthy, but you ordering all the wrong sandwiches. That nigga, uh, you got a foot long meatball with pepperoni on it. Like that nigga Crip Mac used to uh, used to do that. What? <clears throat> he used to think all Subway was just healthy. No, fuck no. Yeah. If you eat a foot long tuna, you might as well eat a Big Mac. Yeah. Same shit. Yeah. That same exact shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Ah, it's just so sad, folks. Stop taking out your, you know, whatever you got going on in your life, man. Just don't eat four fucking sandwiches. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears. Um, toxic relationships. Have toxic relationships been pushed to the forefront of society? That's the question that I have. I will say for one, I believe they have. And the reason why is because 
like as a culture, it's almost like we've universally accepted all the games, all the wild shit, you know. And people say like, "Oh, there's so many good women out there. Oh, there's so many good men." I think that it's a lie. I think that what's going on is a lot of good women and good men have been infiltrated by the current dating landscape, mm-hmm. and it's almost like if you can't beat them, join them type shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard for people to remain a good person because they won't be reaping the benefits of any type of companionship. You know, there's a lot of women out there that are decent, right? But at the same time, they have their guard up because they don't trust men. Mm-hmm. And then there's men who have been hurt and they don't want to give women an inch unless it's the ones in their pants. Yeah. <laughs> so you got these people, and especially like on the internet, it's really sad. It's, if you pay attention on TikTok, it's a bunch of like... Uh, uh, this is those clips that pop up and the the uh, like city boys. You ever mm-hmm. seen it? Mm-mm. It's so annoying. I seen a wild TikTok mm-hmm. where the dude was like, it basically he was uh he called it like the cucumber challenge or something. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen it, but I don't know. and I don't even know if it was real. But he basically went up to uh this girl and he had this backpack like on his lap, um, and he was talking to her. He's like, hey, what's up with you? Like, what's your name? Blah blah blah. And she's like, oh, my name is such and such. And she was like, hey, you got a boyfriend? He's like, yeah, I do. He's like, oh, y'all relationship cool? He's like, yeah, I love him, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, it was like a series of, like, six different um, TikToks. And mm-hmm. then eventually the dude stood up. And then he had, like, the cucumber, like, wrapped around his leg. Oh, and his pen- oh, Yeah. And then she changed up her whole attitude. Like, yo, what is that? Like, what's up with that? And he's like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just... You know what I'm saying I'm just out here hanging, and she like, "Oh, you hanging all right?" And then like the whole attitude changed, and she got up and eventually left with him. Oh, and I was man. just like, "Oh, that's wild." So I don't know. To all it took was a dick. That's why I was like, "What you gonna do with that?" Yeah, a porn star dick. Yeah, I think women are intimidated. They're dick intimidated by a certain. <laughs> thing. If you yeah. got twelve inches of cock, most women are gonna be like, "Hey, man, I'm out yeah. of here." Yeah, that's just you're too not, much. You're not putting me in the hospital. You're not touching my <laughs> esophagus with that. <laughs> oh man but yeah um yeah i do i think that what what's happening is there's so many people that are fucked up that it's infiltrated the whole landscape of dating Mm -hmm. and it it's made it harder for normal people to find a decent compliant partner um another thing that's fucked up too is i think this is uh like pre-internet this wasn't as big of an issue because people were more likely to try to work shit out Mm-hmm. But the biggest lie that the internet tells people, especially married people, you can have better. You can have better. Look who's liking your pictures. Look at your mm-hmm. pictures here. Look at this. Look at that. Look at the look, look, look who hit on you today at the store. Look at who did this. And it's what's happening is it's oversaturating married people with the idea that they can do better. And I think that out of the 50% of divorce rate, I think that 20 to 25% of that is influenced by the internet. Mm. I really feel that 20 to 25% of the content, of the things that are going on, there are some married women who have a decent man, but what's going on is all it's taking is little arguments. Like little arguments for them to be like, you know what? I deserve better. I need to be independent anyways. And you leave your man and then you get single. And then all you, what you learn is all these men that are out there, they just want to fuck you. They don't value you. And you got out here single when you had a husband and you needed to go work that out. Mm Because back in the 90s, people would work things out. Mm -hmm. They didn't have all these influences doing this shit. But now 
that you got, if you're a dude and you got your relationship on the rocks and that girl that you used to fuck is on your timeline Mm -hmm. and her cousin and her friends, you just got a bunch of distractions. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, you didn't have that. Yeah. No, that's real. I think it's something, something to that. Uh, that social media element, because I think on a on a day to day basis, you don't even run into temptation, right? No, you know, like just being a a, a person in a relationship or being a husband or whatever. Um, but the the DMs, the 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 text messages, and all of that brings an entirely different element to uh to the social or to the to the dating the dating pool. And um, to to your point, as far as like you know, toxic relationships being pushed to the forefront. I think that, I don't know if it's like, I, w- I don't know if it's necessarily a, a modern thing, but I do know that <clears throat> I think the the terminology has been pushed to the forefront, mm. right? I think that, you know, there was like iterations of very toxic relationships, especially in the, ni- in the 90s, like the yeah. uh, Mary J. Blige and who is she with? One of them Casey and JoJo uh, uh, yeah. cats, or Al Bundy you, and his wife. <clears throat> yeah, or you got um, Left Eye and uh, St- Andre Rising. Andre Rising, right? You know all these like very wild, yeah, stories that, that hit the, hit the internet. Pamela Anderson and shit. Mm-hmm. But I I just think that when we have we have uh we have uh, definitions, popular definitions for these these yeah. things uh, uh to 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 coin these these actions and stuff but like people are leaning on it right you know we know uh some of our friends are coining themselves as toxic boys and yg got the song called toxic and people kind of like they're um, they're leaning on it way too much yeah yeah people i love me a little normalized behavior yeah i love me a little toxicity in my relationship Uh -uh. that keep it going i keep it fresh so um, I think that's kind of part of it, but um, one like I think people are leaning leaning into it. But I think I think with a lot of these people that are leaning like quote unquote leaning into it, it's not intentional. It's just that you can't help it. You know what I mean? It's like these people that think that they are attracted to toxicity. It's not that they're actively like, you know, this is um, exciting in my relationship. It's not like it's like no, like you got tra- trauma in your history that you haven't corrected yet. So you just passing on these traumatic people yeah. to uh, or these traumatic um, conversations to to all of the people yeah. that you're in relation you, with. You can't help it, and you're aware of it, and you just <clears throat> won't fucking do it. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people they will lean on this toxic thing. It's just a lazy way out. Mm-hmm. And then the, these same people will form an opinion about men or women. Like man, these these girls is hoes. Man, they just stupid hoes, and all they want to do is take your money and do it. And it's like, bro. The type of women that you only have access to are like that. Mm-hmm. You only have access to women that are hoes that want your money because that's who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. Same thing with women. Like, oh my god, these men are so toxic. That's because you love toxic dick. Mm-hmm. If you just, if you just woke the fuck up, you would see that there are decent men out there. You know the ones that were in your in your DM trying to take you on an actual date, or they gave you their number, or they were kind to you. You don't want those guys. Mm-hmm. You don't want those dudes. You want the dudes that make you wonder if you if they cheated on you or they ran mm-hmm. out. See, what it is, here's the truth. We talked about this before. One of the most boring relationships are the good ones. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, the guy that, you know, he probably has a hobby, he works on his cars, you know, mm-hmm. or he, you know, he goes to work and, you know, and whatnot. And he's nice to you, he respects you, he pays a lot of the bills, you know. That sounds like a great relationship, but it's boring to women. 
Because mm-hmm. especially if women have a huge history of toxic motherfuckers, you know, dudes that they bust almost about to cheat on them and they yell at him and then they take him back and then he yells at them and then they break up with him and then they get back. Like it adds an element of excitement to these women and mm-hmm. they don't realize it, but they've been influenced by toxic behavior. Mm-hmm. So when they get in a, if they get in a situation like if they get a nigga like Russell Wilson, they will leave his motherfucking mm-hmm. ass. Mm-hmm. They'll leave him. Because mm-hmm. he's too boring. Yeah. He's too kind and too, and actually that's a false statement. He's not too kind. He's just him. Mm-hmm. He's just normal. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people be putting on a show. It be fake. Yeah. Like some people really be good people, but they got to act like, you know, it is what it is. I'm toxic. <laughs> like actually, bro, like you, you think, actually like a good dude. You open the door yeah. for your girl and all this stuff. You yeah. get her flowers and stuff. Yeah, like you, you like women too. You'd be a good woman. It's like I mean, you suck a lot of dicks, but I mean, at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know you a good person in heart. Yeah, you just doing this stuff because you think it's socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's it's sad, and I think the thing about it is what you tend to learn is if and this is like more or less if you're me. Mm-hmm. If you're out in the world and you're trying to just find a decent partner, what you learn is, is like you start to notice traits in people, even if they're decent people. And it's because they've been exposed to the toxic world for too long. Mm -hmm. Like it could be a decent woman. Y'all cool. And then she just do some shit. You'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? I wouldn't expect this type of behavior from her. Yeah. And then as you dive into it, you was, he was like, you know, my ex was like this, and this has happened, and he just like, damn. Yes, I think I think sometimes that toxic, it could even be a phase, but it's all circumstantial, right? Right, like, right. It could be a, a, a dude that got cheated on, and then he got, a, he got a run of just like being extremely toxic. And sometimes it's not even extremely toxic. You could have like, like micro, micro toxicity. I was talking to one of my boys, <clears throat> and he was talking about this idea of like, when he was going through this whole phase, like he was being like honest with people, right? He was like, "Yo, I, I would if they asked me like, what are we doing or what what we got going on?" He's like, "Yo, I'm not I'm not trying to get none serious. You're not my girl. Like we just having fun." And um, one of the conclusions that we drew was like, "You say that, and that's perfectly fine, but we know from the other side that um, there's two forms of communication. Yeah. Well, there's more than." two forms of communication but the two forms of communication that we primarily focus on is what you're verbally saying yeah and then also body language right so yes. if you say i don't like we we cool we chilling i don't i don't really like you like that like i'm just i just got out of a relationship blah 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 if a girl sees you showing up consistently uh, y'all chilling and sometimes y'all chilling and not mm-hmm. having sex or she invites you over to, to dinner. She cooking for you. Mm-hmm. She like he's saying one thing, but I know like I'm, a, you know, just yeah. a matter of time. I'm going I'm to show him that I'm wifey material. I'm going yep. to show him that That's I'm toxic in itself. Exactly. It's toxic both ways. Exactly. Because here's the here's the other thing, too. This makes it even worse. This is the cherry on top of the toxic. If you are showing up all the time and, and acting like a boyfriend, she naturally women do want that companionship. Mm-hmm. And she shouldn't be seeking it in that way from you because you verbally stated you didn't want it. Yeah. So you got two people sending the wrong message. And then this is the one to make it the worst is if they're fucking the shit out of each other. Yeah. So if they're fucking the shit out of each other and the sex is good, that makes it 10 times it's worse. One, it's in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you could be like you could be saying like, you know what? Stay out of my life. Mm-hmm. And then like two weeks later, she'd be like. I knew you wasn't going to keep me out of your life. Exactly. 
And it's like, oh we my tend to uh, sometimes we tend to not believe people, and to our own detriment. Sometimes it work out. It works out like you know, like there may be some girl that's waiting on that type of guy. Like I know he just in a whole phase right now, but I'm gonna wait on him, and, yeah. and maybe they get together, right? But for the most part, like you're low key ignorant if you're not taking yeah. somebody what they say at face value. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think women have the hardest time with this. Mm-hmm. A man will tell you straight up, like I'm just right now. I'm just about me. I really don't want nothing. And you will literally stay with a dude like that. There is probably a dude that has expressed himself to you in a way in which he says, I really want to get to know you. I really, you know, and it's not even in a sexual way, but you're just like, he's just too nice. I'm not really ready for that right now. Mm -hmm. But you will go be with a nigga that told you to your face he wasn't wanting nothing serious. And then you still give him the pussy. Yeah. So you're giving the pussy to a motherfucker that doesn't even value you. Mm -hmm. By the way, um, that's your choice. You, the guy that's being nice to you or whoever else, you don't owe them anything. Mm-hmm. No one should. Ha- no one is entitled to anything from a woman. Women don't owe you shit, mm-hmm. right? But I still think it's weird how they will willingly give the pussy up mm-hmm. to a motherfucker that is just going to pump and dump them and be toxic. Yeah. And then the dudes don't give a fuck. And then the dudes probably got... The same dudes will be having two baby mamas at the same time, and they'll be pregnant, arguing. Mm-hmm. They are still won't. They still won't leave him. Like, mm-hmm. made a, the best woman gonna win that fight. I've seen it. I've seen two <laughs> girls pregnant by a dude at the same time, mm-hmm. and then they had their babies, and he chose one of them. <laughs> and I was like, God <laughs> damn, that's toxic right there. That's beyond toxic. Yeah. The baby is born into a toxic situation. I'm telling you, the man. baby was born and was like, y'all niggas crazy. Yeah. And we know what that story looks like, you know, like with, when the when a dad is not able to give the child as much attention as, as they need. You know what's toxic as fuck? Eating four sandwiches, <laughs> four fucking forty eight inches of sandwiches. God damn, nigga, fuck! I couldn't get over that. I saw me. How the fuck do you eat four foot longs from Subway? Yeah. Somebody call Jared, please. <laughs> I actually know he's in prison still. Is he out of prison yet? Uh, I'm not sure. How much time did he do for that shit? I don't know. Jared was eating sandwiches and trying to eat little kids' asses. They need like a prison all-star team to have like, like a little celebrity. Bill Cosby, R. Yeah. Kelly, Jared R. Kelly. from Subway, yeah, motherfucking O.J. Simpson. <laughs> you know O.J. got holes, bro. Really? All white women too. I bet. Man, when is when is O.J. gonna learn? Isn't that wild for you to be a murderer and just just walking around freely? I don't. Hey, he killing some pussy. That's all he killing now. That's crazy. Dog. I'm OJ Simpson. Um, I think that Kobe Bryant. I'm like nigga. You talk about regular issues. Just a, a very eerie person. Yeah. They really asking his opinion on like social matters and stuff. It's like what? Let me see. Jared from Subway. Okay. All right. Jared is 44. Uh, what is he doing now? Let's see. Well, obviously, he's in jail. Subway Jared Fogle speaks from prison. Oh, he's still in that motherfucker. This is January 6, 2022. Mm-hmm. Subway Jared Fogle speaks from prison. I royally screwed up. Okay. I got to read this shit. I'm sorry. Subway Jared Fogle speaks for first time. Uh, uh, from prison. I royally screwed up. Uh, Pevy Pitchman, Jared Fogle, 
uh, feels remorse for all the damage he has done to his career. The jailed pedophile and former face of Subway penned a letter from prison that cited an inspirational quote from the seat from the Shawshank Redemption and detailed his workout routine. I ro- I really royally screwed up uh, to wind up here. I am the f- the father of two, said in hand written letter dated seven whatever, uh, and exclusively attained the post. I was selfish and entitled. Oh my god! And it's a picture of him now. He got his head as big as a motherfucker. <laughs> I bet. He got a big old head. They probably beating his motherfucking ass in there. <laughs> you the nigga from the sandwich place? <laughs> Bend over, bitch. He probably in like a <laughs> one of those uh I wanna call them the lower level prisons with the uh the the sex offenders and the white collar crimes and stuff like that. I don't that. know. They might have him in, in maximum, man. He might have to save his own might fight for his life in there. Yeah. You the niggas that be eating sandwiches, huh? <laughs> you ever ate ass before? <laughs> you ever got your ass ate before? <laughs> I'm gonna put some pepperoncinis in your ass. <laughs> I'm gonna tune them out your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna marinate your meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine one of them prison niggas that, that like having sexual relations with him be like yeah nigga would you like that toasted (laughs) 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 oh man that's wild oh yo I seen some shit bro oh my god and it's not funny but like I mentioned in a moment of despair or a moment that's serious sometimes funny shit sticks out to you there was this OnlyFans model that's really popular on OnlyFans and she just went to prison for literally stabbing her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, and she stabbed him so much that he she ended up killing him, which mm-hmm. is a very fucked up story. And my stupid ass went right to the comments to see what people said. Yeah. Nigga, the third comment made me laugh. <laughs> it said only stabs. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to my only stabs. Oh, oh. Get a killer deal. Oh. Oh, that's not supposed to be funny. Oh, man. One day I said something on this podcast, bro, and you start laughing, and you was like, that's not supposed to be funny. (laughs) You you said something like, we're talking about dating or something. It was like, you could find you a nice girl or, you know, find you a nice, nice guy. And I was like, find you a nice trans. (laughs) And you was like, that wasn't supposed to be funny. I remember that. <laughs> oh, bro. That fucked his whole conversation up. He was just like, oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's funny. Only trans. Oh, that be that. That shit would probably go booming. That would go crazy, it's huh? A, it's, a, it's more dudes than you think that like trans women. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, oh, no, no. This ain't this ain't David. Uh, this ain't, this ain't, uh, this ain't, uh, Corey. No, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I just came here to see what they was doing. <laughs> Not what you think. It's like, nigga, that's you. That's funny. Yep. All right, let's we get off of this. Switching gears. Marshawn Lynch uh, and Frank Gore, um, possible CTE effects. Now, recently there were two completely separate incidents that happened with two uh, ex-NFL legendary running backs. Uh, one of them was, unfortunately... My 49ers uh, best running back of all time, Frank Gore. 
Ex-49er Frank Gore accused of dragging naked woman down hallway by her hair in Atlantic City. Former NFL running back Frank Gore has been charged with assault after allegedly attacking a naked woman and dragging her by her hair down the hallway of an Atlantic City hotel, according to a report. Uh, Atlantic City Police announced on Tuesday that Gore, 39, had been charged with one count of simple assault connected to an alleged incident of domestic violence. July 31st at a Tropicana Atlantic City at the uh, Tropicana Atlantic City. Um, police arrived at the hotel around 8, 11 a.m. after receiving a report of domestic violence uh, dispute and found a 28-year-old Miami woman speaking with hotel security. Uh, the woman did not exhibit signs of injury and no complaint was filed at the time. But the police said an ensuing investigation led to the simple assault charges against Gore. Gore is accused of forcibly grabbing the woman by her hair, violently dragging her nude person uh, along the floor of the 59th hallway, according to court documents in the case obtained. Okay, here's my problem and why I'm dragging these two conversations in. Also, Marshawn Lynch was recently arrested for DUI. He seemed to be calm, but he was like inebriated. But here's the part that fucked me up. When you look at his car, his rim had literally blown. He drove the car on a flat for so bad that it blew off. Like Mm -hmm. literally the whole Mm -hmm. rim cracked off of the car. Mm -hmm. And I think that these type of actions from a player, an ex-NFL player, also one of the best running backs to ever play the game, these things are connected. They could be having results of not just, you know, alcoholism, but fucking CTE, man. Mm-hmm. These behaviors are extre- extremely like eccentric and um, odd. Mm-hmm. Very odd. And, and I never remember Frank Gore getting in trouble when he played in the NFL at all. Mm-hmm. But now he's retired and he's dragging women by their hair. Mm-hmm. I think that um, Antonio Brown is another example of someone who's probably going through a CTE epi- episode. You see him at a uh, Rolling Loud? No, what happened? He had this dance. He had this song called "Put That Shit On," right? And the and the, and the dance went kind of viral, low key. Mm-hmm. And it was the the dance was super fucked up. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it's weird. If you did, if you get a chance, go to go to TikTok and just type in "Put That Shit On," Antonio mm-hmm. Brown. And he's got the most ridiculous fucked up dance. Some NFL wide receivers are doing it when they get a touchdown now. Yeah. Something's wrong with these guys, man. And I think I told you before, I don't think football is going to be around in 100 years. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be considered an old gladiator sport. And they're going to talk about it the same way we talked about. um, um, uh, Fuck. What was it back in the gladiator days? I don't know, killing each other? No, back in the gladiator days, they would literally fight people. They'd be slaves, but they'd be, they were literally slaves, but they were there to fight. That's yeah, it. I got you. Yeah, it's just like the movie Gladiator with, mm-hmm. uh, was it Russell Crowe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's like, that's not an exact true story that, but mm-hmm. it's true. But we still got gladiator sports like boxing. Like People still, uh, people still doing it. It's a, it's a similar thing. Like it's just a different arena, I guess. You got boxing gloves and stuff now. Yeah, back mm-hmm. then, bro, it was, and you got to think about it. I think that that football is a better comparison to you know the Coliseum, the old Coliseum back in the day when mm-hmm. they used to have swords and they would fight and shit like that, mm-hmm. um, because they would fill up literal stadiums mm-hmm. full of people. Mm-hmm. We're talking about fuck. I wonder what year that was. 
Psh, who knows? 100 BC or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. They was in there. I know they, they was out there. Um, uh, they had squires. They was out there having sex with boys and weird shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure of the exact timetable, but that shit was a weird time, man. Yeah, that is, that's crazy. That's been going on for, for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Niggas, niggas literally had a little boy just chilling with them. Yeah. That's like, wild. Being cheap. I was just thinking about Jerry Sandusky the other day and just how wild that story is. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like they were saying they was catching him in the in the locker room just beating cheeks. That's crazy. It's just like, yo, that's a grown man. Like that's that's catching and beating cheeks. <clears throat> that's what I heard. That somebody said it was in a some. They heard him in a locker room, like beating cheeks, young cheeks in oh the locker my room, god. in a shower or something like that. Oh my god! Yeah, that's wild. That it just kind of it ruined. Uh, what's his name? The coach, Joe Paterno. Yeah, it ruined Joe Paterno's life. Yeah, you know, it did. But it, I, I, what I will say is this: if Joe Paterno had an inkling. Or an idea that he was doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I gotta be. I have to be honest. If Joe Paterno knew anything, or had an inkling, or an idea that he was fucking young boys, then fuck Joe Paterno. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah, he could fuck himself if he knew it. Mm-hmm. If he didn't know, then okay. Mm-hmm. But if he knew that this guy was fucking kids, mm-hmm. then he was complicit because yeah. he. It's basically like saying. Uh, he fucks little boys here and there, but he, he does a great job coaching. Like what? Nah, it's wild. Like get out of here, dude. Was he the de- defensive coordinator or something? I think like so. Yeah. Dang, that's nuts, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's fucking nuts. That's crazy. That's like Jared Subway type shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. They thought he was eating more than sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to eat little ass. <laughs> little underage ass. <laughs> little underage ass. Yeah. Little six foot ass. Yeah, him and that big black man would have got along just fine. Yeah, as long as I got my sandwiches, shit, we good. <laughs> Motherfucker ate four sandwiches. I can't believe that shit. Four foot longs. They got a whole yard of sandwiches. God damn, that was crazy. He gonna need to get pulled over, uh, not on on a on a SUI. <laughs> what was that? A sandwich wild and toxic. <laughs> 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 Pull this nigga over. He is under the influence. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I to me, I, I I obviously see the signs and the um the correlation between like the CTE, the centric behavior, and stuff like that. I I don't know. It may, it may be just because um I grew up playing football and I, and I love the sport that I hate even thinking about that idea. Yeah. Um, but. You know, these the signs is the signs is there. I don't necessarily because there's no way of knowing if a person has CTE until you know they cut their brain open and do the do the do, do the research and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you, when you you know, especially watching the movie Concussion and stuff like that, you start to see, um, you know, the 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 players that were in the movie were um, players that was uh, hearing voices and. Um, just losing their mind, drinking, drinking, uh, drinking a lot, and um, dealing with all kind of pain and and all this other stuff, and they just kind of, you know, a lot of them ended up committing suicide, like uh, a huge number of them, and it was all the all different positions, which is scary for me because you know a lot of times when you know I'm a cornerback uh, or play cornerback, but a lot of times when you think about 
um, you know, some of the skill positions, you'd be like, oh, we don't get as much contact as, as these other people. But it was cornerbacks getting, you know, that was killing themselves and getting CTE and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's just like, man, I don't know. It's a, it's a scary, scary, scary thing to think about. And I think, um, you know, you got like guys like Junior Seau and a, and a bunch of other people like, because you, you, you tend to think like it's, this don't happen to the guys. This don't happen to like the superstars. Um, but you know, when you see guys like potentially Frank Junior Gore, Seau. yeah, Junior Seau, maybe his own life, maybe the more most popular one that we know of that you know has uh, CTE. No, the most popular one is actually Aaron Hernandez. Junior yeah. Seau is a Hall <laughs> of Famer, mm-hmm. you know, um, but Aaron Hernandez is the one that has a whole fucking multiple documentary. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess his story is just wild, wilder than most. I guess. I guess, but what adds on to it is, I guess, the allure because there's so many women who are like infatuated with Anna Hernandez that just talk about how handsome he is, even though he's a yeah. murderer. And yeah, I'm just talking about a, from a skills position. Like oh, skills Judas position is just the better, the best player that we know of, Hall of Fame and whatnot, right? Um, you're saying that about who is exactly Junior Seau? Junior Seau, probably the best out of anybody in regards to the, the CTE thing. Mm-hmm. Him and it's another dude named, I think his name is Mike Webster. He was a center from for the Steelers. The Steelers. Yeah, and it's sad yeah. what happened to him, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he ended up being homeless or something. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so fucked up. And he was a tough center, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's strange times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's probably some motherfuckers. We play ball with they got CTE. But we just like label them as like, oh, he'd be acting funny. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's why if you play this game, it's a very violent sport. You better protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Shit, wide receivers could probably get CT from all them cuts. Just your body moving around. Planting, yeah. Planting, getting hit against the like against the movement. Like they, you know, they run a route, boom, stick it, go here, and they get hit. Like Mm -hmm. all those little impacts, it's a lot of hits. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. Yeah, I, I know Anquan Bolden got fucked up one time. He was in the end zone, like knocked out. Was- I, guess, I guess for me, I would want to see because obviously the research is fairly, fairly new. Like it's it's only been around, you know, some some of the like, let's say cancer, for instance. Like you have, you know, years and years and years of research. Um, the 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 whole CTE conversation is fairly recent in terms of like being a medical. Uh, conversation um i would be i would be um interested in seeing what like uh cte looks like in somebody that doesn't have these eccentric behaviors Mm. like if there's if there is a person out there that has cte or is their brain is you know deteriorating um but they're not like you know uh trying to kill themselves and having nightmares and stuff like maybe they're like fully functional. Cause like, uh, Frank Gifford who, you know, for any of yeah. you out here in Bakersfield, yeah. in Bakersfield know who that is. Um, he had CTE, you know, he donated his brain to the, to the research and stuff like that. And I'm not, and I don't know his full story, but I'm not aware he was on TV, you know, um, calling games and stuff like that. So, um, I would be, curious to see like what that looked like for him if it was like if he was like a functional person in society but he just dealt with certain pain and nightmares and stuff like that um, um I, honestly man I, I think that if you've ever played football for an extensive amount of time your brain's already fucked up because mm-hmm. your head is not you gotta understand as human beings we are fragile as fuck mm-hmm. we are not built 
to take on impact to the head. Mm-hmm. Like we're not built, we're not built to punch each other in the head. Mm-hmm. We're not built for that. Mm-hmm. We're not built to get slammed on mats. We're just built to exist. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not built for that. So when we go against the grain of our bodies, like we're really not supposed to even be eating meat. Mm-hmm. Like our digestive system are is not built for that. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyways. Um, you go, especially playing, I play defensive line. So you playing every, every fucking down, you're going head up with another dude. Mm-hmm. Y'all just banging in there. Every play. If you play defensive tackle more specifically, if you play defensive end, you had a lot of outside contain and stuff. But mm-hmm. man, this time where the fullback could come full, full speed coming downhill on your ass. Mm-hmm. You know, you getting double teamed by a guard in the center. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. And and man, I've been fucking blown up before, mm-hmm. quite a few times. Yeah, you be like, oh, there's a quarterback. All of a sudden, your ass is on the ground. Yeah, fullback came and laid your motherfucking ass out. You be like, god damn. Yeah, and Back- that's a, not to mention like the 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 pressure to stay on the field. Sometimes right. you know, I can remember vividly like moments where certain players got dinged up a little bit, and the coaches get nervous, mm. like. You know, and they not concerned about him coming out of the game and no. making sure he got a concussion. They just trying to get him back in the game. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's, a, it's just a, I don't know, it just sucks, man. Like a sport you grew up loving, you just find out all this information, and it's kind of scary to even think about. But it's it's real, you know. There's people out here that are experiencing um, the worst side effects of CTE, you know, in terms of Aaron Hernandez and his yeah. decision-making and, and stuff like that. Um, it's just uh it's a scary thing. I think Joe Biden got CTE. <clears throat> Joe Biden got He got CTE after he fell off that bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He too old to get CTE. Like by the time it really set in, the nigga's gonna be dead. It's gonna yeah. be Joe Biden is slowly turning into the grandpa from the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh! like, bro, you got to run the country, bro. You can't keep doing this fucking shit. Can't just be making noises. You can't just be making noises and shit, man. You got to actually use your voice. Yeah. Yeah. When he when he turned around and shook that invincible hand, I'm like, oh, no. Something is going on. We're gonna, it's going to be a book that comes out about Joe Biden years later. That nigga Joe Biden is asleep. He got his robot doing the dirty work. Yeah. yeah Joe, Joe, Joe Biden did sent his motherfucking robot out here to raise the prices on every yeah. goddamn thing. <laughs> and you know how those memoirs come out and they just be the wildest stuff in there. Like, yeah, Monday through Friday, uh, I had to change Joe Biden's diaper. He would do to and pee on himself <laughs> and uh, no one would be there to help him. So I had to do it. Joe Biden writing his book. He'd be like, I love licking black pussy. He'd be like, <laughs> damn, nigga, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that's crazy. What's, what's up with Joe Biden, man? This guy's <laughs> this guy's a freak. That nigga Joe Biden gonna go to an Atlanta strip club to win the next election. He's like, I'm here for to 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 get as many black women. The blacks <laughs> love me. I'm gonna run again. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? <laughs> I know what it's like to be African American. I I I I, I, I I've seen roaches. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? You already said that. <laughs> what he said? I I've I, I've seen cockroaches. No, I didn't hear that, bro. Part. You didn't hear him say that shit. Nah. Swear to God, bro. Yeah, I, said, I I've seen cockroaches. I I've had a uh, little 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 girl rub the leg down on my hair. Uh, like, no, rub my rub her hand on my leg and watch my hair. 
go flat. You be like, yeah, I remember that part. I do remember what that. What the actually. fuck like, are, what you are you talking, talking about? about? That's the black experience. <laughs> like your hair going flat on your leg. Yeah, or he just be breathing on kids. Like yeah. he, he just hugging them and breathing on them. They're like, hey, yeah. man, you don't get your old breath off of me. Yeah. I've I've had fried chicken before. <laughs> You'd be like, dog, this is, <laughs> watermelon is delicious. <laughs> I've 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 licked a black vagina. <laughs> Vote for me. <laughs> I've licked black vagina. I, 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 black, black lives matter to me, <laughs> to me. You're like, oh my god, I've, I've used a food stamp card. I've, <laughs> I've used EBT. I, I, I know what it's like. I've shopped at Didi's discount. <laughs> I've, I've, I've walked through Marcy projects. <laughs> I've I've been on Mount Vernon. I've been, <laughs> I've been over there. <laughs> Yo, I just passed uh, by the uh, the East Hills Mall. It's all the way knocked. Oh, it's down. all the way knocked down. It's so sad. I it's, was like, Yo, where's the mall at? And it's just dirt piles. It's so sad. Yeah. I, it, and and what's crazy is how long it stayed open before it went down. Yeah, it was years. open. Yeah, years. They had a cool theater in the back. That theater was a place you took girls when you didn't want nobody to know you was talking to them. Mm. So like, I, you it be it literally you could go to that theater. Let's say you just try to be private too. Mm-hmm. You you don't want to go to the main theater, or maybe the main theater was too packed. Mm-hmm. They were showing all the same movies over there. Mm-hmm. You know, go watch a film. A sneaky link, huh? Yeah, I watched that. I watched the movie there with my girl back in the day. It was over at uh, it was the movie Drive. The mm-hmm. movie Drive. It just came out with uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. great fucking movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was watching the movie, and some dude, like you know how when the movie's going on, and there's like little moments in the film where the volume gets really low. Mm-hmm. Man, some dude farted so <laughs> fucking loud. It was bad. It was like. <laughs> and then it was a couple people in there like, oh, my God. Some dudes, he sounded like he fucking soiled his pants. That's how loud it was. <laughs> OxyClean. <laughs> they going to need some OxyClean for that seat. That motherfucker blew a hole to the back of that seat. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. I actually never been th- I don't think I've ever been to that theater. Oh, I've been there many times. I don't know if I've ever watched a movie there. Yeah, I've been there many times. You, you know you know what though? Um when it, in regards to the movie, I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. But going to a movie, it like kind of burns this image. Not only not burn the image, but it burns this emotion into your soul. Mm-hmm. Like when you go into a movie theater and you could smell that popcorn. Mm-hmm. And it's not like regular popcorn it's like movie popcorn you know what um a lot of people have this idea that uh you know netflix is kind of ending theaters and stuff like that Mm-mm. i don't know you can't replicate that no. experience really mm-hmm. anywhere and i and i know me personally obviously i could wait to or i could catch it on disney plus or whatever but right. just that like you said getting the, the and it's expensive but you know we paying for it. it's i think i relate it to like live sports Right. Like I could watch a basketball game on TV or a football game on TV all day, but when I went to the Niners game, when we went to the Lakers game, like I would I wouldn't trade that experience for watching it on ESPN. No, mm. I'm gonna tell you something that needs to come back. We talked about this once. I feel like it's a recession proof business, and if you have the money and the legal permits to do it, you oh, need the drive up theaters. You need to open a drive up theater. Yeah. They were fucking massive back in the day in the fifties, sixties. Mm-hmm. And Bakersfield had one of the last 
big screens. I don't know if you remember it. Mm-hmm. Do you? Remember? Uh, not no, nah, not really. It was called the Crest. Mm-hmm. It was off of. Uh, I think it was off of Weibel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was off Weibel, and it was a massive screen, and it mm-hmm. said the Crest. And then uh, they were showing movies there, and then eventually they broke it down. But having it was a massive screen. Mm-hmm. If you get that massive screen. And even it might even be on a rainy day. I think they can still show films. Mm-hmm. You know, you just cover that up and the projector can still work. I don't know how it mm-hmm. works, but man, I think it would be dope. Mm-hmm. And everybody drive up in their car. You have a radio station. Probably you would turn the radio station to the so you get all the audio quality. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Get some concessions. Yeah. yeah. You, you can let people let different vendors come up and get, make some money. Get yeah. some different taco trucks. Get some burgers. You know what I'm saying? And that'll be dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be a vibe. That'd be dope, bro. You could easily. Baker, at Bakersfield? Oh, that shit would sell out every week. Mm-hmm. If, if you only. Sh- let's say let's say you started out showing one movie a week. It'd be sold out every week. It has to be something like to where maybe it's just they don't. People are not creative. But it to me, it might be something to where like people aren't really. Like it might be too many permits that you got to get, or something's going on. Yeah, something's that, going on. Yeah, that that makes it so that people need, are not you doing. You need it. a certain amount of land too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I'm a person, <clears> if, if all I know is this, if I, the, you know the best place to me to have that theater, the best place is near Tahoe Outlet, mm-hmm. because there's a bunch of land back there that the, that the whole Tahoe area that's owned by Lord knows who. Bro, I'm putting it. Sorry to cut you off. I'm putting it out there now. I want to like build a movie studio in that same area. Yeah, man. I'm putting it out there because it like I think about that. Obviously, it's like it's a decent thirty minute drive from where we at. Yeah, and then from L. A. It's just an hour. Yeah. So you just imagine like almost not a halfway point, but it's a point to where. A production, a production could drive an hour, rent mm-hmm. some hotel. You know, if they put more hotels in that general area, it's a good space. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a perfect, perfect. That's, um, that's why I said I feel like a, a really good spot. If they mm-hmm. don't ever open up that that uh, that uh, marathon store in L.A., is Tahoe Outlet. I mm-hmm. think it's a perfect spot. It would be booming. First of all, a bunch of people are coming through the five. And either shooting on the 99 and come back to Bakersfield or they're getting on the five to go to like Sacramento or wherever mm-hmm. else. So you got constant traffic. Yeah. Coming in there. I think yeah. that'll be a hot spot. And I mean, the marathon store is just a cool experience. Mm-hmm. You know, they got some on the East Coast. They got one in New York. Who knows what that area is going to look like 10, 20 years from now? Oh, man. A lot of that shit is new right now. Yeah. It's only been here like nine, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Not even 10, I don't think. It ain't been that. Yeah, a like, lot of that stuff is fresh. All yeah, the outlets stuff is, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They got some They got some shit out there. But I think a drive a drive up theater out there. That'd oh, my goodness. It's a 30 Like you live in Bakersfield, 30 minute drive. Yeah. Go out there, get you some food, and watch a good movie. There's going to be a lot of people getting hit out there. Man. That's crazy. You can have our Spider-Man slinging across the screen. It's like, Dad, is it cool if I take uh, Sandra to go watch a movie? <laughs> they don't have no idea. You know how much fingering's going in the movie oh theaters? Gosh. That's the first place people be getting fingered in there. <laughs> it's like, you like that, Sandra? Yeah. Because fingering is always the first thing people do before they actually have sex. Yeah. There's been a lot of fingerings going on in the stinky theaters. Pinkins, stinky pinkies. Eating popcorn. It's been like popcorn and... Uh, and uh, um, uh, freshly popped. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah. Well, it looks like we're coming to the end of this episode, man. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate y'all, man. And thank you for tuning in 
all the way to episode 230. 230 man. Some of you motherfuckers really listen to every episode, mm-hmm. which is nuts. And we appreciate that, man. That goes yeah. a long way that you gave a fuck. Yeah. We're going to be here for a long time, man. Mm-hmm. So buckle your seatbelts. Yeah, man. Make sure you tell your family you love them too, man. Yes. You know, it's uh, a lot of a lot of people going through a lot of stuff. Oh, know? yeah. It's important to be there for for your family. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm going mm-hmm. through a lot dealing with this with my dad, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think what brightens the mood a little bit is when you look over to the left and you see a porno that says Sugar, Sugar Walls. Walls. It's like, yo, mm-hmm. there is light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> no, that's facts. Yep. All right. Well, if you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K-Fings. We are out of here. Peace.